What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode three of the Nick and John podcast. Nick, how you doing today? I'm doing good. It's uh, Tuesday afternoon, so how can't I be doing good? What about you? I'm doing great. It is beautiful out, finally. Oh my god, yeah. Thank Hashem. Yes, we're finally getting closer to summer. For those of you who are not in Montreal listening to us, uh, winter is always brutal. <sighs> brutal. Yeah, and we are finally getting out of it, so looking forward to spring and looking forward to recording this podcast with you. I feel like we're at a point now where there is not really a spring or fall. It just kind of goes summer to winter, winter to summer, but um, yeah, we can hope, we can pray, and I'm very much looking forward to it too. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, so did you have a good week since uh, we recorded episode two? Oh yeah, great week. Um, like you said, I mean, look, I find the vibe in our city, considering it can get so gross outside, the vibe is just so good and the energy is just so there when it is nice. And I feel like all week people are just posting pictures of themselves outside, smiling, um, only good things. What about you? Yeah, I feel like the volume of people on Instagram goes up tremendously yeah. the second it gets warm out. So uh, yeah, no, we're getting towards uh, lots of summer photos and things like that. And, you know, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, there's a lot of exciting things happening in the spring, the end of a lot of great TV shows mm -hmm. uh, as their season comes to an end. And then I guess a lot of uh, kids finishing up school and going to camp. So I can't wait until things are always much calmer, much, le much less stressful as we get closer to the summer. Only good things, only good things. So the first thing I want to talk about, uh, we had Earth Day yesterday. Did you celebrate Earth Day? What, what did you do? So I, I used to celebrate Earth Day. I don't remember once. I, I once went to your house and uh, this may have been like 10 or 12 years ago. And we were saying, I was saying like, Nick, it's Earth Day. And you were like, oh, I didn't even realize. And we like shut off all the lights. And I think we had dinner at your house in the complete dark. Oh, wow. I don't know if you remember this. <laughs> we think um. It sounds like something I would remember, but uh, I don't. But I'm happy to hear we did our part. Yeah, we definitely did our part. But no, I, I, funny enough, speaking of Instagram, it wasn't really until I went on Instagram. And then I saw the amount of people that were talking about trees and doing things that are good for the environment. So I was thinking because actually I have a, there's someone in my office who is really big on not bringing plastic cutlery to the oh. office. And I'm the type of person, I'm a germaphobe, so I'm a little bit like worried about using the cutlery that exists in the office. I don't feel like anyone washes it properly. <laughs> so I'm always either bringing my own cutlery from home or if I go pick up food, I'll bring a piece of cutlery. And she always gives me shit. She's like, please don't bring plastic cutlery back to the office because there's no recycling, there's no compost, uh, there's nothing to properly do with this cutlery. And I was on Instagram and I saw a story and she posted saying like, everybody... Today is the day where you stop using plastic cutlery. And now it makes sense because it was Earth Day and I didn't think about it. So it's funny. You probably thought it was um, make your own holiday day and she was making just don't use plastic cutlery day. But um, I do see where she's coming from. Um, and I, think, someone, I think we can all do our part. We can. We can. And speaking of, um, I want to talk to you about um, some people who are doing their part. I don't know if you saw Lil Dicky posted this video called Earth where he got, it was actually really cool. He got a bunch of artists, Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, Halsey, uh, Snoop Dogg, and they made this Pixar-esque um, music video talking about saving the earth. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was in it. I believe his foundation sponsored the whole thing, if I'm not mistaken. 
that's not what I actually want to talk about, just on the note of people who are doing things for Earth. Pornhub also wants to save the world, and they want to do it so Wait, by, they don't already save the world? Oh, they <laughs> save the world one video at a time, but they're doing something a little different. Um, they're not just repopulating the Earth in the human sphere. Um, they want to save the bees. They posted this video called Bee Sexual, B-E-E sexual and it was about how the bees are going extinct and how important they are to our ecosystem and to our environment and how plants and other um greenery cannot repopulate themselves they can't have sex and do all their stuff if the bees don't exist and if the bees don't pollinate so what Pornhub is doing is they are releasing a series of videos called bisexual as a genre and it's videos of bees mating and pollinating so sucking the pollen out of plants as well as having sex themselves and they're actually dubbing the video over with voiceovers of highly acclaimed porn stars so really well-known famous porn stars are doing the voiceovers of the dirty talk, the sex noises, and if you get a chance to watch, there's actually, I watched like kind of the behind the scenes for this promotional video, and it's actually really funny commentary, I don't know who wrote it, that they uh, add in. So I wanted to hear what you think about Pornhub's initiative to help save our earth. I think that men would be the people who are least susceptible to actually trying to make the earth a better place. Uh, you know, we're, we're task-driven people and we don't necessarily have the time to stop and focus. And that's been our attitude for years and years. And I think that if you're gonna, you know, it, it's women who tend to be like a little bit more sympathetic towards these causes, they're probably, their goals is to show men that they should be making this more of a priority. So I think if you're gonna go after men and try and teach them a little bit about Earth Day, there is maybe no better way to do that than on Pornhub. So I think it's really, really interesting that they chose this tactic, whoever created the video. And look, this, this could have been created by men too. So I just think this is really, really intelligent, what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it, it makes people think a little bit more at a time maybe that they want to kind of turn off their thinking. And so I, I, th I think this is really cool. And I hope it's a successful campaign. What do you think? Look, I mean, I don't necessarily know or who, I, who am I to say who's more likely to go help the environment but um, I do agree that this is a great way to reach an audience whoever they may be that you probably wouldn't reach through a PSA or through you know this little dicky-esque uh, music video I think you're reaching a whole other demographic I think you're getting them interested in something that they probably wouldn't be interested in in a very funny way. I mean, whether these are people who are post what they normally do on Pornhub and then decide to check this video out just for shits and giggles, or if it's just a group of friends who are, I don't know, stoned out of their minds and watching just random internet nonsense and need a good laugh out of this, I think you're reaching a whole other demographic. And I think it's really cool to see a company like Pornhub doing their part to, for lack of a better term, save the world. I think it's really cool. Uh, look, I, I think that going to talk to people through porn is actually really interesting as a marketing yeah. tactic. I don't mm -hmm. know if you ever heard, and I know it's a little off topic. You ever hear about this guy who like disinfects stuff on Pornhub? No. So there's a guy and he's like the, one of the number one people who like makes money on Pornhub. And 
I guess like for women, this is super attractive. He goes and basically his whole video, like there's no like nudity. There's nothing like really sexual going on. All he does is like, he goes to like the casting couch, let's say, and he like sprays it with Windex and he just like cleans the couch. <laughs> That's like the whole thing. It's like the funniest thing. And he's just like smiling and looking at the camera as he's like cleaning the couch. There and, must be a lot to clean on that couch, but I see where you're going with this. Yeah, like one of his, one of his most famous videos is like, I do the dishes without being asked. And it's just <laughs> him at the sink, like just doing the dishes. And it's so funny. It's almost like some sort of like, um, it's kind of like an emotional porn to a sense. You know, you're kind of like not physically attracted, but you're kind of impeding on people's like, you know, what? what they're attracted to on a more personal level. The idea of like, oh, here's this man who is, you know, cleaning just because he wants to clean. That's- I think his name is, is, his name is Ryan Creamer. And I think- <laughs> What an appropriate name. It's very funny. And he, he, some of his videos are like, I offer you water <laughs> in case you are parched. I hug you and say, I had a really good time tonight. And then I go home. <laughs> Ryan Creamer just sounds like a good guy. He seems like the ideal boyfriend material. Right. So it, it, to me, this is like absolutely genius. And people probably love these videos. That's why he's making money doing making them. So I think this is a really good strategy. Like we always learn about uh, in school, in business school, you learn about like marketing channels. Like where's the best way to go after people? And there's so many ads out there and so many things going on. And if you're really trying to get a message out there, it's actually a really unique and interesting way to do it. So yeah. I'm all for it. I think it's cool. It's for a good cause. And I think it's super interesting. Agreed. You got to catch people, um, for a lack of a better term, at their most vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Okay, Nick. So let's talk a little bit about basketball. So what are we going to talk about today? We definitely don't talk enough basketball on this, so it's a nice change of pace. But um, I was hoping we could talk about, I would title them as the greatest rivalry in modern day sports, um, Jared Dudley and Ben Simmons. Now to be serious about it, the most random rivalry, the most random duo to ever collide and clash. So for those who don't know, who are Jared Dudley and who is Ben Simmons? Jared Dudley is a beyond vet who is playing on the nets i mean he's been on phoenix he's been on like a plethora of teams um i'd say jared dudley's biggest role or contribution is to add that vet spirit that spark he's can be a monster on defense when he really gets going but for the most part he's he's an old timer who comes off the bench and then you have ben simmons who's on philadelphia 76ers who up and coming star i mean 6'10 point guard he's abnormal for his position he's kind of has that magic johnson-esque where he's not only a great passer but he's a great scorer despite his lack of a jump shot whatsoever um kind of an all-around player a really lethal threat on offense especially when he can and defense actually but once he can get that shot going i think uh ben simmons is potentially going to be one of the best players in basketball I don't think he's I there. agree. I agree. And a lot of people would disagree, but I'm really happy to hear you say that because I am so on the Ben Simmons wagon. I feel like everyone hopped off it this season just because, to be honest, he is one of the least improved players in the NBA. But I think we also have to keep in mind, it's his second season and he came in so strong. And yeah, he doesn't have a jump shot, but he has literally everything else. Find me any other players who can do multiple things as well as this guy can. For sure, but it is one of the biggest things that if Ben Simmons had a jump shot, he'd be the best player in the NBA potentially. So it's a big thing, and he's really bad at it. So <laughs> that's, the, you know, if he had it, I think the Sixers would probably win a championship. Mm-hmm. 
But let's talk a little bit about this Dudley Simmons thing. So what happened? What do you want to get into? So from what I understand, if I remember correctly, um, this started, I think, after the first game of the playoffs. And uh, Ben Simmons had a really quiet game the first game. So Dudley, um, in the post uh, interview or somewhere online, said something along the lines of that Ben Simmons is very good on defense and before he hits the half court, but once he's past half court and within the key or something along the lines of like once he is in the offensive position, he is just like an average to mediocre player, which must have sparked something off in Ben Simmons because the second game, I think he scored something of like 30 to 31 points or something like that. It was still in Philadelphia the second game. He was raising his hands. The whole crowd was cheering and it was this weird rivalry to see. I mean, you have this comment that Jared Dudley, like who's Jared Dudley in today's NBA made that clearly got him going and he was going along with it. You could see he was like messing around with Dudley. You could see he was instigating Ben Ben Simmons is who I'm referring to. And then you had a third game. uh, Jared Dudley was coming hard. Jared Dudley was playing some terrific defense. He was the one, because they were in Brooklyn for this game, raising his hands, having the crowd cheering for him. He was instigating Ben Simmons in game three. So I find it so interesting that you have this young and up-and-comer who, to your point earlier, could be one of the biggest names in modern-day basketball in the future. I hope so. Versus this wily vet, let's call him that, who doesn't... uh, provide much else other than veteran experience and defense when it's needed. The fact that they were just going at it, I found it hilarious. And I'd love to hear what you thought about it. It, Very funny. Uh, What I think is so interesting about these NBA playoffs is that you have the same thing happening in the Clippers warrior series between Beverly and Durant. Yes. (laughs) So you basically have these two pests and the reason why there's so much hype outside of who's going to win a championship this year about the Nets and the Clippers potentially getting major free agents is because they have teams with good character, uh, a lot of assets that superstars like Durant or Kyrie may want to go to in the offseason. So when you have Beverly doing such a good job on Durant and you have Dudley, you know, pretty much annoying the shit out of Simmons, those are really attractive things for other players to say, I want to go join this culture because Mm. they're – you know, they're monsters. They get ready for the games. They get hyped. They're exciting players. And I think that anyone would want to play with these guys. But in all seriousness, Ben Simmons, who cares about this guy? I mean, what you need to worry about right now, because in my opinion, I think that Philadelphia is number four between Milwaukee, Boston, Toronto, and Philly for the teams that's most likely to win the championship in the East. And there's two reasons. Number one, Joel Embiid's health. Hmm. You can't stay healthy. There's no way. Because to me, Joel Embiid is actually a better player right now than Ben Simmons. And yes. If he can't stay healthy, then there's no way they're going to win it. And if Ben Simmons can't shoot, there's no way they're going to win it. So the question is, is like, I, I love their starting five. I think they probably have one of the best starting fives in the entire league. Mm-hmm. But they destroyed their bench a little bit by the several trades that they made this year for Harris and Butler. And I just think that don't waste your time concentrating on Brooklyn. I know they're pesty. I know that you, you know, these guys are annoying you. I know you still have to play the games, but they really need to be focusing on Toronto coming up. So Mm. play the games, get through it, you know, be diplomatic about the whole thing. But especially when Joel Embiid's not playing, Ben Simmons, you're the leader of the team. You take over. I love that he put up 31 points. I love that he shut people up. I love his attitude. 
So just continue to concentrate on doing well for the team. And if they ever have a shot, it's going to be because Ben Simmons doesn't get into this, this garbage that Dudley's throwing at him or that other players in Toronto are going to start throwing at him next round. Because if they know that Ben Simmons is mentally weak by any stretch, because that's, that's the knock on Durant for the most part, right? Yeah. Teams are like, oh, we're going to attack Durant's mind because he is such a monster. If they know that's the deal with, with Ben Simmons, then he's going to have a really big problem becoming one of the best players. Even if he spends the whole offseason working on his jump shot, there's no way that he's going to ever be the best player in the league if people can attack him the way that Dudley has and really get to him. So mm-hmm. hopefully he shuts that down because that's the best thing that Philly can hope for. 100%. And I think in this particular circumstance, he was kind of using it as a little more like fuel to the fire because he did come out swinging the following game after Dudley called him out. But to your point, I mean, I forget who it was. Someone blocked uh, Jared Allen. They fell. Then Dudley came and started pushing. And you had Jimmy Butler running in, shoving. The two of them ejected. The two of them fine. I think it was Embiid blocked Jared Allen. And then Dudley came pushing him. Jimmy Butler came pushing him. Both of them ejected and fine. And right there, to your point, like, you know, if they're playing Toronto and Jimmy Butler's out, arguably their third best player on their team, arguably their second best player on the team, then they're screwed. And their chances become so much thinner of themselves even getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. They're going to need Joel Embiid to be healthy, like you said. They're going to need Ben Simmons at full capacity offensively and defensively. They're going to need Jimmy Butler on both ends at full capacity. And they're going to need Tobias Harris to be a scoring machine. And if all four of those players aren't playing at their best, with J.J. Redick doing so as well, they have no chance. And mind games is not a good excuse for them to not be playing their best. It's funny because when I used to watch a lot of hockey, mm-hmm. you would see that teams would, they'd, they'd have their four lines and on the fourth line, they would have a bunch of aggressive guys who fight. And whenever one of the superstars on the team, like your first line center was going out there and then someone on the other team was being an absolute pest to them and really getting in their head, you know, what you do is you'd send out your big guy and you throw it down and you start fighting with him because it doesn't really matter, right? Because if you want to get rid of one of your guys, when you guys get kicked out of the game, you might as well get rid of the guy who's the fighter, who's not mm-hmm. like the great, great player. In the NBA, it's very different. If the Sixers lose Jimmy Butler or lose Ben Simmons, they may not win that series. But, you know, it's like the Warriors. It's like if they lose Draymond, if they lose Durant, you know, the Clippers will take it. They'll trade Patrick Beverly for Kevin Durant any day of the week if they both get ejected from the game so you got to be so so careful about these things especially because you know the refs will blow their whistle for literally anything even if two guys are just talking to each other now so it's not like it was like 20 30 years ago where people would like jaw at it now they're ready to blow their whistles so you have to be so so careful especially if the refs like they know the refs that are there that night if they're like quick to the whistle so i just really think They need to stop focusing on these things. Let them play the defense the way they are. You know, I I was watching an interview with Kevin Durant. I think it was after game two, because in the first game of the Clippers Warriors series, they both got ejected. Mm -hmm. I think they both got ejected. And then one game, uh, Durant fouled out. So it was like two games in a row that he didn't finish the game. And he was being criticized a lot in the media. And then in one of the interviews afterwards, he basically laid into it and said, you know, anytime I want, you know, let Beverly be a pest. Let him go at me. I'll shoot over him. I mean, the guy is absolutely huge. He has like the oh, biggest yeah. wingspan in the entire NBA probably ever. 
And he's just like, you know what? I'm going to go at him. I'm going to attack him. And you just need the guys to turn off the switch, you know, put their blinders on and focus on winning. And if I was the coach of the Sixers or I was coach of the Warriors, Brett Brown, I would just say to Simmons, I, you know, forget about Dudley. Just focus on winning. Just close out the series against the Nets. Forget about this pesky team. Let's move on to Toronto and finish this. Yeah, and uh, to your point earlier, I can guarantee as Jimmy Butler walked off to his bench or locker room and Dudley did the same, I can guarantee that the entire Nets coaching staff were saying to him, great job, great move, because the trade-off of Jimmy Butler to Jared Dudley Despite the fact that Jared Dudley was playing amazing defense that game, he was really firing up the team. But at the end of the day, he's no Jimmy Butler. He's no star. And they're going to take that trade off any day they can. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, Is there anything else about the NBA you want to touch on while we have a chance? Uh, Anything else going on in the first round? Interesting storylines? I don't know, man. I'm just so into this Nets team. (laughs) I love the Brooklyn Nets these days. Yeah, so I really, really do hope that we end up seeing Durant go to the Nets. I think Mm. he would be a really great fit for that team. They're 100%. They're they're so guard heavy. If they had Durant in in the small forward position or wherever they want to put him, I mean, it would be so great to go with uh, D'Angelo Russell, Caris LeVert, and uh, Dinwiddie off the bench, Jared Allen, Durant. Oh, my God. Yeah, you, it, for years. it's really cool. You see Durant with uh, Draymond, and you would think that now he would be like able to turn it off a lot quicker, like we were talking about. But because Draymond basically is like a pest to every other team. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that he's going to go to another team with a few pests on them. And will he be able to turn it off then? So I, I'm really curious. That's what I'm excited to see. But I, I, I just want to see the Nets do well because I just think it's such a shame that that's one of the biggest markets in the NBA literally has nothing going on. And I have no faith that the Knicks are going to turn it around in our lifetime. Mm. So uh, <laughs> I just want the Nets to be good because I think it's going to be exciting for the NBA. Oh, 100%. I think uh, the NBA needs New York basketball. Um, we discussed before that Brooklyn is going to be that team to give it to them. They already are that team that's giving it to them. It'd be so awesome to see this team that like everyone was said they screwed up their franchise. They're done. They're not able to rebuild. And here they did it. They freaking came. They got a bunch of players. You know, they had to get Timothy Mozgov to go with them, but they got D'Angelo Russell. Chris Levert is coming into his own. Spencer Dinwiddie do the same. Jared Allen, these guys who no one expected to play the level of ball that they're playing and are going to progressively continue to play. And it's just so nice to see. It's one of those beautiful underdog stories that I think if a guy like Durant shows up, it's going to kind of be the bow on all of it. And it's going to really wrap things up nicely. And they're going to really be a threat in the NBA, whether it be East or West. And I can really see that happening. I would love to see that happen. To your point earlier, I think it's really funny that um, you have this guy, Kevin Durant, who has such an issue with the comment section or, you know, the uh, subtweets and all that, yet you have Draymond Green, who's like the comment, who's literally the epitome of a walking comment section on Facebook. This guy just has nothing but trash to say. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with both the Nets and the Clippers, but I am most excited for now the second round of the NBA playoffs, which will be starting this coming weekend. Ooh. And the matchups that are there, you know, this is the real playoff basketball. The first round was nice. You know, all these teams that surprise teams that did well this year that are going up against the juggernauts. But now we're actually seeing juggernaut versus juggernaut. We're seeing the good teams. The East is exciting. 
So I'm really looking forward to that. And I think next week in our podcast or uh, whenever we get back into it, we'll kind of go through the series in a little bit more detail. I think we'll have some more exciting stuff to talk about with regards to how the players are playing and which teams are going to make the conference finals. Yeah, looking forward to it. So Nick, the last thing that I want to talk about is Game of Thrones. So to give our listeners a little bit of background, this is a show that you have not watched. I have never seen an episode. Never seen an episode. So we are going to stay, we're going to say spoiler free. I know a lot of you, yeah, I know a lot of you out there probably would love us to get into a lot of the details of it. So one day if Nick watches the whole series, I will definitely get into it with him uh, on the air about that. So for me, I wanted to watch this show. I, I did not watch it from the beginning. I actually started watching it a few months ago. You like rip through it. Rip through it. And I have this thought and I've always, you know, I heard about the show and and it's not that I'm so interested in fantasies. Like I read the Harry Potter books when I was younger. I like the movies. That would be my like closest comparison, but I was never like a Lord of the Rings person. I was never, you know, into that genre necessarily. That's what's so funny because it's almost like it's like so much more up my alley than it would be yours. Yet here you are now loving it and like blasphemously I have never seen an episode right so the like the fantasy genre is not necessarily like my favorite with regards to television my like favorite all time with just regards to tv drama is 24 mm-hmm. I love like that crime scene like that type of stuff um mysteries and you know like the terrorism and like those plots of like how to stop the terror like that that to me is like the most exciting riveting television to clarify, we do not love terrorism. We're referring to plot lines and television shows. Continue. Yes, I believe our listeners understood, but just in case they didn't, I'm glad you clarified. You know, you know people in 2019. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to take a sound clip, but I love terrorism uh, out of there. So nope. oh, I did it again. Um, so <laughs> let's talk a little bit about Game of Thrones. So I basically wanted to binge this because I really felt and I thought about it. I know who I am, and despite me not being so interested in fantasy, I have the worst fear of missing out, Mm. uh, FOMO. FOMO. And I've I've always been interested, and I think that, you know, I was never, like, the greatest athlete. I was never, like, the biggest competitor. But for me, I always became interested in sports and interested in reality television competition shows because I wanted to invest myself in something that other people were interested in. When we were younger, uh, it was, you know, we were in the prime era of reality TV, mm. Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, uh, The Bachelor. Everybody was watching these shows at the same time, and they all wanted to know what was going to happen next week. And if you weren't watching, you were going to be spoiled. There was no, like, I'm going to stay off Twitter because you would go into school the next day and you would find out who got kicked off American Idol. So it's funny, actually, because... We grew up in a time when Twitter didn't exist, Facebook didn't exist. I mean, we were kind of in that age where like it started while we were preteens. Um, yet, despite how hard it is now to avoid spoilers online, to your point, it was harder to avoid spoilers in real life because everyone was talking about these shows. You couldn't go to school without people talking about American Idol, without talking about Friends, without any of these reality shows also that you were mentioning. Yeah, exactly. So like Friends was a perfect example. I remember when we were around for the Friends series finale and you had 50 million people watching this thing and that I think it was like a Thursday night in 2004 maybe. And, you know, if you weren't watching, then you were missing out. Like you were going to find out what happened with Ross and Rachel 
So not to spoil, we're, we'll, <laughs> I think for the, anyone who hasn't seen it. Yeah, I think the, I think the statute of limitations has uh, been completed on Friends, but just oh, totally. Yeah. So I mean, that was happening for a long time. Look, it was the same thing with Seinfeld, the same thing with Lost. Um, there was a lot of like really incredible shows with Sopranos, uh, some of the greatest TV shows of all time. People were watching at the same time, so it was really interesting because you'd have water cooler talk, and it would be about these shows. And I think about maybe, you know, I'd say maybe five years ago, I'd say the world really changed with regards to how they viewed media, Mm. specifically TV shows, with Netflix becoming extremely popular. You know, there was no need to watch something at eight o'clock on a Thursday. And people who, you know, we have a lot of friends who would move out. And back in the day, like there would be no way you can move out and knock yourself a TV. Oh, but yeah. now people just have their computers and they just watch Netflix because yeah, no. you feel like they're missing out. So back to my point about sports and stuff is I, I got into sports because I loved this whole thing about being a part of a community. I became really big fans of my favorite sports teams and I loved being, you know, cheering with these people. And to me, that was like a lot of the, you know, we'll get into this another time, but the, you know, the essence of human connection is being able to all rally behind the same cause and having, you know, what binds us together and what separates us and going to a baseball game and you have, you know, you're wearing the uniform of the team you're cheering for and you see other people and you know that they're against you, but it's cool to just see all these people bonding and rallying around something. And a few months ago, I thought to myself, Game of Thrones could potentially be the last thing in my lifetime outside of sports and maybe outside of award shows that people are all watching at the exact same time. And I was like, I don't really want to miss out on that. Mm -hmm. So I binged it and I really happy with my decision because now we're partway through this final season and to be a part of this community of people who are watching millions of people is so, so interesting and so much fun. So what do you think about what I was talking about with regards to this being potentially the last water cooler show? So yeah, I think it's no question that the way we consume content as a whole is just completely different now. You don't have to tune in at 8 p.m. to a show to catch it because you can either DVR it, you can catch it tomorrow, it'll be on Netflix in a year, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that mixed with, and maybe I'm off base in saying this, but that mixed with a deterioration in the quality of television shows today versus what they were. And I'm not saying Game of Thrones is the last good show that's ever going to come out like on television, like not a Netflix show, not a streaming service, just like on television. It's on HBO, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not the last good one, but it's getting there. I think we're getting to a point where shows are also starting to realize that the best way for them to reach the most amount of people is not through regular scheduled programming, but through some sort of streaming platform or however it might be online. So all those factors together, you're heading in a direction that to summarize your point that we're not going to see any more these cult followed tv shows or these times of the day or times of the evening where you know the majority of the people that you know in life are sitting around watching this show with you or know that you can go somewhere tomorrow and everyone's going to be talking about it um the last that i can think of that was very similar not on the level of game of thrones at all but similar was i remember a time i believe it was like 2012 when 
I couldn't go anywhere or there was no discussion ever of TV where people weren't asking me why I don't watch Suits or telling me about Suits. And again, I'm not putting these on a scale together because I think Game of Thrones definitely outweighs it in A, the quality of the show as well as the following. But I don't hear much about that anymore. You know, when you talk TV, it's usually people talking about different shows, talking about shows not with as much passion. And I think that's just because with these streaming platforms, there's so many personalized catered content in the sense of, you know, genres are way more, it's not an action or a comedy. There's so much more tailor-made to reach different groups of people since it's so easy to consume them that you end up with smaller followings. And I mean, hey, you're goal to watch game of thrones to join this experience and to join this moment in let's call it television if not human history i mean to me i i applaud it and i'm envious and that's practically the only reason i want to watch the show funny enough so yeah no i totally agree with you but isn't that crazy that that is why you want to watch the show And that was why I want to watch the show. Yet the thing that we want in our content is actually escaping from us because we want things to be able to be participating with other people. But these options are becoming more and more limited. So it's like almost like the benefit of there being so much. And I think to respond to your earlier point about, you know, shows deteriorating, I don't know if they're deteriorating. Like I think there's going to be the next great thing that's going to come out there. But there's just so much content that it's almost like you don't know where to find that thing. It's like finding a needle in a haystack. Yeah. And so I just find it like really, it's like counterintuitive to think that we're having this conversation here and I'm describing you basically the perfect package of a show, which is it's, you know, you know, big budgets, great actors, great storyline, really interesting and really exciting. And then everyone is watching it at the same time. And if you're not watching it, you're going to miss out. And you're like, well, I have to participate. That's the one thing that would make me watch it. Yet that, you know, extra secret sauce that you put on it, which is the community of people all doing it at the same time. We're running out of that like extra sauce right now Mm -hmm. and, or the extra secret spice that we would use for all these shows. So it's like, what can we do as a society to continue to capture these things? And I worry that, you know, it's just going to be when my, when I have kids and my kids are trying to watch shows and stuff like that, and they're with their friends, they're not going to care, right? They're just going to watch what they want to watch, what they're interested in. And if they have a friend that happens to watch the same show as them, that's cool. But I'm going to refer to an article that I read, which I sent to you, uh, which is on Vulture. And it basically says, is Game of Thrones the last show we'll watch together uh, by, I think it's Matt, I'm sorry if I mispronounced the name, Matt Zoller Sites. And I recommend you guys go read it if you're listening to this because it's super interesting. And he basically said the point, which is we're still going to do things together, but rarely at the same time. Mm-hmm. So we're going to, ex- we're aware that others are experiencing the story, but they aren't physically or virtually with us as the plot unfolds. So it's like, I know that you've seen it, but it's not as fun as if we experienced it together and i just wish that that wasn't escaping our lives in 2019 100 percent. and i think at least for myself some of the best part of watching 
some of those shows growing up was the next day going and talking about it and hearing other people's opinions and, you know, just getting excited about it with other people made you excited for the next episode. And you made a great point coming back to what I said that the shows are deteriorating. And I agree with you in saying that maybe it's not a matter of them deteriorating. Maybe it's just that there's so much more and it could all be quality content, but since there's so much more and so many more ways to access it, it's almost like the gems are like an oversight. Like we missed them or maybe it's not that we missed them. There's just so much of them that the, they don't, nothing stands out because you know, you have a, game, a show like Game of Thrones, which I'm sure many can agree is way better than majority of the shows that are on regular television programming, like, you know, on the air, um, just like friends in its time, just like survivor in when it started. And today for me, the last really, really, really great show that I watched, um, on television was breaking bad. And in my opinion, that was so much better than anything else that was on television at the time. Now that everything's accessible, maybe it's all just as good, but it doesn't stand out because there's so much of it. So look, I don't think our kids are going to really have these moments or these sense of belonging that we would get from these shows. In fact, I'm from the school of thought thinking that our kids are not even going to really watch shows. They're going to be consuming content in like 10 minute intervals. And it's probably going to be people commenting on things that they are watching themselves. But Hey, that's the direction we are going in today, sadly. And look, I think it's really cool that you're doing this. Uh, I love I, that I you just, made it for the series finale, I, the last season. I love that you got there on time. Yeah, me too. I feel very fortunate that I, I made the decision that I did, and I'm really enjoying it, and I hope that everything ends okay. I know that there's a lot of series finales that are disappointing, so oh, I, God. I really we can get into those in other podcasts. But, um, you know, a couple points that I just wanted to make very quickly was that I think if I'm a network executive and or a producer, executive producer of a new show that's coming out, and I know that it's big, we have the big enough budget, we're going to be, you know, whether it's we get put directly to Netflix or Hulu, or we're going to be put on a network, my plan is going to be appointment television. So I'm going to try, instead of just to explain what I mean, I'm yeah. actually going to dump my season. I don't want that, you know, I'm going to film an entire season and I'm going to dump all of it. Maybe it's two or three episodes at a time because I know people like to binge. So that's fine. But I think there is a delicate balance out there to capture this feeling potentially where it's like, be there, you know, Thursday, eight o'clock, log onto this website, and you're going to be one of the first ones to see the next three episodes of blah, blah, blah. And mm -hmm. that to me, like you have to somehow create this experience. You know, why do we go to a sports bar to watch a football game? It's because we want to watch the football game at the same time. We want to enjoy our food. We want to do these watch parties. You have to somehow find a way. There's Game of Thrones watch parties at bars all over the world yeah. every Sunday night. And people, you can go on YouTube and see people reacting to stuff happening in the show. And I just really hope that someone is able to find this and capture it. And then my last point that I wanted to make was that I think if you're listening to this podcast right now, I think you're the perfect target for everything that we're talking about. Because it's like you said, our kids may be listening to people talking about things. So if you want to listen to a podcast, it's generally because you like commentary. And, you know, if you like commentary, it's because you want to know what people's opinions are and feel like you can potentially share in some of those opinions. And if you want to share in those opinions, then you want to be a part of some type of community that cares about 
you know, whether it's sports or whether it's TV, whatever it is that Nick and John are going to talk about on a given week, you want to feel almost a little bit like you're a part of the conversation with us. So in the same way that we want to feel like we're a part of the conversation with anyone else who's watching Game of Thrones or watching basketball. So if you're listening to this, I think that, you know, let us know what you think if you get a chance about, you know, what type of shows are out there and what type of things that elicit this type of community uh, style relationships. And I, I would love to discuss it and love to know because I don't want this feeling to go away in my life. No. Yeah, that just got me hella inspired. <laughs> that was great. That was awesome. That was a great ending monologue there. Um, wow, yeah, like shivers on that. Um, no, I totally agree. And look, if you're out there, um, we'd love to hear what you think because we want you in our community and we want to be a part of your community. So did I convince you to watch Game of Thrones? <laughs> um, see, okay, here's my problem. I know that I'm going to like it. I mean, everyone likes this show. Everyone loves this show. I'm going to like it. I'm going to lose two weeks of my life because I'm a psychopath. And when I watch a show, I literally dive into it. I'm not going to speak to my girlfriend for the next two weeks. My mom's not going to hear from me or know where I've been. I'm going to come out of my room with this giant beard and hair down to my shoulders because all I'm going to do is watch Game of Thrones, no sleep, and it's just not going to be good for me. So you can do it. Maybe, maybe one month when I'm on vacation, not working, uh, I'll give it a try. Okay. That's all and I I'll need. Carry- That's all I wanted to hear. That's what this whole segment was about potentially <laughs> to get you interested. What I would love to do on a future show, by the way, is let's talk a little bit about, uh, I don't know if we're going to call it like the, the type of shows that give out FOMO. Like, I don't know. Let's find a, a proper title or terminology for these type of things. I would love to discuss with you, maybe like we'll create a list of each of our top 10 shows that we think people felt like they couldn't miss out on. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't necessarily have to be shows that we watch because obviously we haven't been able to in our lifetimes necessarily watch all of these things. But let's like do a little research. It could be some of the shows that we watch, some of the shows that we didn't, but things that we think are community shows that will be like, if your kids, you know, came to you tomorrow and said, Hey dad, can you tell me something, you know, like a really interesting piece of content from your time that I want to know about? Cause I don't want to miss out when people are referencing that piece of content. Let's talk about the top 10 TV shows that we think uh, are probably those things that we would recommend to the next generation. Yeah, for sure. I would love to do that. And um, I'd also love at some point to do you kind of got me inspired earlier. Um, we should do a list of the top most disappointing series finales. Yes, there are a lot. There so, are a lot. Oh, <laughs> How I Met Your Mother. Um, so, oh, God. so we'll get into that for sure yeah. on a future podcast. And I think that's about wraps it up for today. Nick, any final thoughts? Just uh, be kind to one another and spread positivity. Yeah, thank you so much for checking us out. Uh, I hope you enjoy the different things we discussed today, whether it was Pornhub or the NBA, (laughs) Earth Day, uh, Game of Thrones, or any shows in general. Uh, We really appreciate you checking us out. Make sure to follow us on social media. Nick is at Freynick on Twitter and Instagram. Is that right? And I am at John Schneider 24 We are on Apple and Spotify. So uh, like I said, get in touch with us. We're hoping to have some guests coming up to cover some other things going on in a future podcast. We may even do a live podcast at some point. So that could be really fun and exciting. And uh, I'm just having so much fun doing this. 
And I hope you guys are really enjoying. So like I said, any criticism, a positive or a negative, we look forward to hearing from you. So thank you so much, everybody. We will see you next time. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da